Welcome to Risky Standard, an actual play podcast featuring a rowdy group of best friends playing tabletop role-playing games together. I'm your host and GM, Mitch Brewster. Uh, you can find me on Twitter over at MagnesiumB. You can find the show itself at Standard Risky on Twitter. With me today, I've got Peter Loftus. Hi, I'm Pete. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as America's number one preeminent chip enjoyer. Um, so you can find me at my handle there, Chip Enjoyer, where I enjoy chips. Uh, we also have Timothy Manns. Hi. Uh, as always, you can find me at Axe Hoarder on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, come on by. The water feels great. <laughs> uh, we also have Malcolm Hall with us here today. Hey, Malcolm Hall here on Twitter at Horde Scrum. Uh, yeah, and today we are continuing our campaign of Beam Saber by Austin Ramsey. Uh, you can find Austin over on Twitter at Not an Inn. You can find Beam Saber to purchase over on Austin's itch.io page. Uh, and we are going to kind of jump right back into the action here. Uh, when we last left our squad, we were right in the middle of our first mission, uh, which is broadly to observe the handoff of some Solon data at the Meridian Freight Yards and to steal that data if at all possible. So I think uh, I'm just going to kind of like restate the scene a little bit here. Uh, and then we can just like jump right back into it if we're ready. Last we left off, y'all had started the mission to relative success. Rhodes and Carta had managed to subdue the drivers of a freight truck inbound for the Meridian Freight Yards uh, and make their way in disguised uh, as the truck drivers. Meanwhile, Desmond... From your perch up on the nearby mech warehouse, you were able to watch the arrival of the Penny Royal representatives uh, in sort of like an armored vehicle, an armored like luxury vehicle. Uh, and you also watched the sort of suspiciously timed arrival of a food cart trike that turned out to be the hiding spot of Harlow Shellspade, the, the scientist making off with the stolen data that you are all here to sort of uh, observe and hopefully recapture. Uh, so just to kind of nail down where everyone is in this scene before we kind of resume play. Um, Des, you had used your armor's grapnel anchor uh, to zipline from the, the warehouse building uh, onto the top of a stack of shipping containers where you are now positioned. And you have kind of like a clear, unobstructed view of this kind of like makeshift courtyard uh, slash alley that's made out of shipping containers uh, where this meeting is taking place. Carta and Rhodes, uh, y'all were forced to take the truck to the far end of the yard and you had to make your way back up to where the meeting is going to be taking place uh, using like a stolen like go-kart, kind of uh, golf cart sort of thing. And last we saw you, you had 
blustered your way through the the cut, closed down checkpoint uh, at the entrance to this particular lot inside the freight yard, and you were making your way on foot towards the meeting area. Is that right? That's right. Uh, and uh, so yeah, Penny Royal representatives had arrived in this like large, luxurious hover vehicle. Uh, I think your analysis of it, Desmond, said, like it, was, it looks like it might be kind of armored. I think I likened it to like uh, Rolls-Royce limousines was kind of like the pull I was thinking of uh, in terms of like aesthetic and kind of build. Uh, there is a armored guard. Uh, there's a woman uh, with like, a, like this kind of like blocky assault rifle standing by the car. Uh, and like right when we had left off, um, that food trike had arrived, um, piloted by this kind of like grizzled, gray-haired guy in a duster with welding goggles. I think it had been addressed as Mr. Slane. And the cart had opened up to reveal a kind of like disheveled Harlow shell spade holding this like big briefcase. And from the armored car, a, a woman had just exited the vehicle and approached, introducing herself to Harlow. And I think she kind of basically asked him, like, you know, show me what you've brought. Other things worth noting, uh, just very quickly. Uh, the only clock on the table right now is that there is a clock for the weather. There is a looming sandstorm out on the western front outside of Coronatus. Uh, and that clock is currently at two of four segments. Uh, you know, the wind is picking up. There's uh, kind of like distant lightning strikes off on the horizon. Uh, so when that clock fills, the, the storm will have arrived in Coronatus. Uh, but it has not yet. So barring anything else anyone wants to mention or any questions, I think that's kind of like where things lay when we last were playing. Um, yeah, so let's like hop right back in, right? This woman, uh, like I said, I think she's wearing this like, you know, smartly tailored suit and this kind of burnt orange that is, I think, like the Penny Royal color. She's got like a like a mantlet, this kind of like half cape that has like a big Penny Royal like brooch clasp uh, on the front of it. It's kind of like jeweled uh, version of their insignia, the crossed spears over a heraldic shield with like a purple flower wrapped around it. And so, yeah, she uh, she's like handed this vanilla or sorry, van she's handed a vanilla. She's handed <laughs> a manila envelope uh, to this kind of like weathered mercenary pilot of this trike and has dismissed him. Asked Harlow, you know, show me what you've got. Is this is was this worth everything that we've done? So I'm kind of zoom in there. You know, Malcolm, so you're on top of these shipping containers. Did we talk about this last time? I guess you can probably more or less hear what's being said in the courtyard below you. Um, was that kind of like where we left it last time? Yeah. I get um, about how many shipping containers high? Four? I think like, yeah, probably three or four, right? Because you, you did have to like zip line down. So I think you're like, you're high enough, you know, if they start whispering, I don't think you could hear them. But at a normal speaking volume, uh, you know, I think you can probably hear what they're saying mostly. Didn't you have like a little listening device? Mm, that was in your mech. Oh, in my mech, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is still an option. You know, there is like a uh, a remote control option if you needed to use your mech scanners here or something. Um, but let's just say, for the sake of things, I think you can probably hear like spoken conversational volume from that shipping container. And so, yeah, I think uh, this woman um, starts introducing herself to Harlow. Uh, and as she's doing so, uh, I think they're kind of walking back towards where the armored car is. And I think that this other fellow, this sort of like freelancer who brought Harlow here, hops back on this trike. Uh, there's like a little whir as whatever it's like uh, engines kind of activate and it kind of lifts off the ground. Uh, and I think he starts to slowly steer it out of the courtyard and back towards the entrance. And so, yeah, I think uh, this woman introduces herself to Harlow. She says, you know, 
My name is Miranda Vector. Penny Royal has sent me here to assess the quality of the information you intend on selling to us and make sure that this uh, arrangement is truly going to be beneficial for all sides. And yeah, they, they walk over towards the armored car, the, the limousine. Uh, and I think uh, probably what Harlow does is like take this briefcase that he's been holding and he lays it on the, the back of the car, like on the trunk, the flat of the trunk, undoes its clasps, flips it open. Uh, and I think what we see inside is that the, the interior of this briefcase uh, is almost kind of like a little like like a laptop in a way. It's like it's like a little miniature computer. The bottom half of the open briefcase is like a, a set of like symbols and keys and kind of like manipulators. And I think on the top half of this briefcase, there is like a, um, you know, we've, we've said it before. I think there's like a monitor, right? Like a, like a screen there, um, slightly bubbled out. I think I said he's wearing teal uh, with like a mustard stain now. The, the suitcase is also this kind of like big, bulky, plastic teal suitcase or briefcase. Um, and there's also, I think, like a like an optical sensor, like a big circular, you know, almost like a like you see like a security camera at like a bodega or whatever. This kind of like big optical sensor. And I think once this thing is open, a green like laser light like emits from this optical sensor and scans over uh, Miranda Vector and Harlow. And then after a moment, you know, like uh, on that little screen flashing, it says like a uh, biosignature confirmed. He starts to explain uh, as like, you know, images start to kind of pop up on the screen. Uh, and I think they're like probably a little difficult from where you're at. I think it's difficult to see what the images are on or the screen. So I think if you want to like get close enough to see exactly what he's looking at, or if you want to like, especially you want to capture those images, there's probably like a thing you'll have to do here. Okay. Um, otherwise, I think you're kind of content with just like you can listen, right? I think he's about to kind of give his spiel. But this is like an opportunity if you wanted to set up the way to like, I don't know if you're trying to record this or not, or if this is just like, you're going to report back from memory what Des heard. And how close are we to being able to see or hear them? Um, I think uh, timing wise, the way this is working out, you two have just gotten through the kind of like uh, entrance into this lot, right? The guy that you harassed into letting you through has just let you through. I think you're on foot moving into that lot presumably headed back towards where you know where the meeting is supposed to be. But I think this is kind of the cost of not having figured out a way to get closer to the lot before you disembarked, right? You two are just running behind. Uh, you know, Desmond's already there in place. Things are starting to happen. It's going to be a beat before we get Carta and Rhodes there. And I think we will flip the camera to you guys in just one second. Okay. Uh, but yeah, in this moment, Des, yeah, uh, I think Harlow is like about to kind of start his spiel. Um, you know, he and Miranda are like standing by the armored car. He set the briefcase there. Uh, it's, this is kind of a presentation that he's clearly kind of been, you know, like I said, he's this kind of like nerdy, bespectacled, like a little like put upon uh, Lactorian. He's got like these like short goat horns, but he's kind of like pulled himself up straight. And you can tell he's about to like, he looks like a kid who's about to like deliver a rehearsed speech at like a, like, you know, high school, like a, like event. So I guess I do want to record this, but I mean, just pull up my, well, just pull up my phone and <laughs> record this. I don't really see a, uh, um, that's a great question. Let's look at your sheet. Yeah. Yeah. I could use. Yeah. So the smartphone is one of the items on the character sheet. Mm -hmm. You know what? Also there's a long range transmitter. Yeah. You could beam it back to the Mac. Maybe. I don't know what that looks like. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Using like the long range transmitter to send the information back to the, like that you record with the phone back to. Okay. So let's just read it real quick though. 
The smartphone is a pocketable tool providing many different digital functions, but with a reliance on probably compromised infrastructure for sending and receiving data. I think that that could mm. work. There's also a Palm computer with useful programs. I think that could Ooh. also theoretically have some kind of like recording. So, you know, I think that's very vague. So if we wanted to use that as like a recording device here, I think that that could, would be within the realm of possibility. Okay, I'll, I'll mark it. If you are going to do that, though... I got to know, like, what is the thing that Des pull out? Like, like, what does that look like, right? What is, like, the what is like the kind of clunky, somewhat analog piece of technology that is a Palm computer that you have? And, like, you know, what, what do we see on camera? You know those old, like, it's like green screen lines and it's, like, football? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, ColecoVision or whatever that's called? Yeah, um, it, they have, like, a big green screen. And they were, like, bigger than Game Boy size, but still had, like buttons um not ColecoVision. what was that it was like an atari handheld or something yeah so that's a great image that nobody else can conjure but me i guess um so <laughs> we'll find something different to explain um See, it, I in love my it. mind okay. it kind of looks like a. it kind of looks like a. like you remember those sidekick phones Ooh, okay that like the flip out yeah, yeah the t-mobile sidekick that's that's what i think it looks like Oh, the, although I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, the the image that you sent now. That is that is good, but I like the idea of like it's got a little bubble screen, but it does like you know it just looks like a little TV, but then you slide it up and it's got controls underneath the. Oh, underneath I like that. Mm, okay. Um, is there like a like a camera lens or something that kind of like divots out to like start recording the video for this? Yeah, yeah. The camera, yeah, the camera's behind there too. You slide it up. There's a camera on the other side. Okay, uh, so I think if you're gonna record this, like, um, I, I feel like we just like probably like a roll here to like get close enough to be able to do it without being completely seen. I think from like where the height that you're at, you're not gonna be able to get like a great recording of it, right? Maybe that's like mm, finesse. Um, finesse. You, when you when you finesse, you handle an object with agility. You might draw. You might secretly draw a pistol. Um, yeah, I think this could be finesse if this is like about like getting the camera in just like the right spot to like hold on it to catch like the, the footage from a distance. I think it's like either that, or if you want to get physically closer, it's probably like a prowl or something, right? Uh, like sneaking around. I don't really know how you get physically clo closer at this point. Uh, I, you know, I imagine that there are different layer levels of like shipping container. Like you could probably drop a container or two. Okay. But that would, you know, that would, uh, uh, you know what, let's like, um, let's, let's introduce a clock here. Maybe this will like also clear things up for us a little bit. Right. And I think I'm going to create a clock here that is like um, uh, it is like a four step clock and it is like the meeting surveillance. Right. So I'd say right now from where Des is at. Uh, from up top there using finesse just to like kind of like you're zoomed in, you're like kind of like fiddling with like the I don't know, audio recording, like the gain or whatever to kind of like better pick out the words as he's starting to talk. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'd say that's finesse. I think that that is controlled for your position, if you want to roll that. Uh, and it is limited effect. Because um, I think, you know, you're just like a little further, too far away to get like a good recording of this stuff. And so when this clock is completely filled, uh, you will have like gathered enough information from like the surveillance to have satisfied the first mission objective. I think that if you want to prowl, if you want to get closer by like getting lower on the, the shipping containers... That would probably be a riskier move. It'd be a risky position, uh, but I would say it would be standard effect. Uh, so risky standard. So I think Des's choice here and how you want to try and start like surveilling this meeting. 
Damn, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the risky standard. <laughs> Fair enough. Commit to the bit. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to get closer, I think that involves like, yeah, like you know, like scooting down, scaling down on some of these shipping containers. I think you know, there's like one that's like you know, a, a layer of containers forward and like another layer down. Maybe that'll get you like a little closer, but it increases the odds that you're gonna get detected by the people in this meeting. But I have, I have a two in prowl, so I'm still rolling the same die. Yeah, so this is, um, you have two dice. You could push yourself for uh, increased effect here or for an extra dice if you wanted. Um, wait, I also have, oh no, desperate action. All right, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just gonna roll with it. Okay. That's All a right. six, baby. That's no. a six. Yeah, so I think you move like, uh, here's the thing. We know that Desmond, uh, before being released from prison and getting like recruited back into the, the ring by Troubadour, Desmond was an expert thief. And you know, some things like I think you've done them, they, they just come back to you so naturally. You are like graceful, you're silent as you just like lope forward, drop onto the next one. There's not like an echo or a thunk or anything. And you're in position there. You've got like a perfect shot uh, of both of the people talking and then like between them, like framed perfectly, the images that are starting to pop up on the screen as Harlow begins to speak. And so I think maybe we'll get like a little bit of Harlow's talk and then we will cut to what is happening with Rose and Carta. It's a burglar and a cinematographer. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so yeah, Harlow has kind of like, he's puffed himself up a little bit and he starts kind of, you know, like I said, this is almost like a, you can tell cramped in that food cart uh, you know, who knows where he was hanging out all all day before he was brought here. But this is like the thing he's been practicing over and over. He's got his hands up in front of him. He's kind of gesticulating and he says, We've always known Imber was an unusual planet. High concentrations of orichalcum and the aberrant nature of the basin's continued existence amid the harsh desertification of the rest of the planet's surface. Since the Commonwealth's arrival on Imber... Heritage Mercantile has contracted out the duties of analyzing Ember's unusual qualities and scanning for orichalcum deposits out to Grenfield Survey and Acquisitions. It's not an unusual arrangement. The two companies have had a long-standing partnership with Grenfield as the lesser of the two entities. But several years ago, before my time... Uh, real quick, Carta, how long ago did your parents die? Uh, well, I'm 20... 24, so I'd say it probably happened when I was eight. Eight? So it's like... Mm, maybe, do you want know 10, 15. 10 is a, a bit more like you can actually maybe start to live on your own. We'll say 10. Yeah. So it's been fi almost 15 years, probably. Yeah. Um, so he says, uh, several years ago, 14, 15, before my time, the arrival of better technologies and the implementation of new techniques allowed Grenfield survey crews to begin discovering anomalies in the deposits of orichalcum across the planet. Deposits in places they couldn't have possibly occurred naturally. And in formations that didn't make sense. Uh, and I think he like leans forward, he presses a button on the, uh, on the briefcase like keyboard and the screen like flashes to an image that's like an overhead map of like the basin and then the surrounding deserts of Ember. And overlaid on that, there's this kind of like lattice or grid or network that's kind of being like uh, overlaid onto it. And rather than reporting these anomalies to Heritage, under Meyer Grenfield himself's direct orders, the company began hiding the results and assigning a number of its top researchers to secret projects dedicated to investigating these strange discoveries. Uh, and like a, I think a big grin kind of spreads across his face. 
And I think he's going to continue with this speech, but as he's like continuing with it, um, maybe we, we cut uh, to Carta and Rhodes, who I think, you know, uh, you guys are making your way uh, on foot. Are you on foot or did you take that little cart with you? Uh, we parked it and ran we in. Parked it and that's, what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I remembered. Okay. So you're on foot, um, kind of like making your way towards the area where you know the meeting zone is. And as you're making your way there, you see like the, it's pretty dark over here. It, like some of the lights in this area have been turned off. It's like darker in this lot than it normally would be because it's been kind of shut down. And so you see it first as like the kind of like cut of a headlight swinging across the sides of these shipping containers as the the food trike starts to pull out of the place where the meeting was and start coming down the kind of main thoroughfare that you guys have been walking down towards the the meeting area and it's a uh, it's this guy he's he's going to be coming down this way he's almost certainly going to like pass you and see you um as you're walking there what are you two doing one part of me thinks we can get away with just like a wave, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of a hi, how are you? That or we duck away um, and try to hide or we make him crash the bike. Maybe they go see what that noise was. We run. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's not making crash. That's not making crash. <laughs> One of those is I'm, I'm way more intense than the other. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> kill his bike blow up. Yeah, dealer's choice, you know. I think to maintain a low profile, we should proceed like we belong here. Okay. Okay. Instead of just hiding <laughs> I mean, in behind a shipping container or... No, that's true. Um, is, is that what you guys are going to do? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think that we definitely already pushed our luck getting past a gate guy. And may- the less people who know about us being in there, the better, in the my better. mind. Okay. Then, then trying to play off a wave when we're like in truck driver uniforms, like walking up when it's clearly like someone else was smuggled in. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm also, I, I can know, hide. I think a coward could, human like... so, <laughs> in the real world. So that's how my brain works. I mean, you're right. I guess the fewer people that know about us here, the better. So you said we're walking kind of around. He's coming through this sort of maze of shipping containers, right? I think that, yeah, I think there's like kind of like a main, you know, kind of like, uh, not a road, but the main thoroughfare. Path. Yeah, sure. yeah, kind of main thoroughfare. I think that's what you guys have been coming up, and he's about to start coming down. Acting fast here, just on a quick scan around, are any of the shipping container like doors open? Anything like adjacent here we could like hop into? Um, yeah, why not? Right? Yeah, there's probably like a you know someone has like left one kind of like swinging open slightly. Sure. It's like a, it's ahead of you a little bit, uh, but like you can see ahead of you, there's one where like the door yeah, is like they were about to start loading this one in, but then the shutdown order came in and like in the rush, they forgot to close it up. Cool. So yeah, I think uh, I'd be like, Carter, let's roll here quick. Yeah. And maybe shove you in that direction to try to hop in here to avoid being seen. I've got a roll for Prowl I can throw in this. Um, yeah, um, this could also maybe be a, this could be a group action if you wanted to increase your chances of success a little bit. Um, yeah. Or this could be someone taking the lead and someone else assisting. I mean, we could do a group action. I have one in Prowl and we can just try to both use our precision. and. Yeah, we both have one in Prowl. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. So that's, that's cool because we haven't done one of these yet. So it's also a good chance to introduce it. So generally, the way the gr- that a group action works uh, in this game is that when two or more characters are, are doing the, the same task together, such as like sneaking through a place or whatever, instead of doing a thing where it's like every person has their own individual role, and then if one person fails, it brings the whole team down. Uh, and so we do a group action where one person chooses to lead the action, 
kind of sounds like maybe it's Rhodes leading. Uh, you mentioned pushing Carta. Carta kind of shrugs him off. Like, I don't want, I can hide. I know how to hide. <laughs> Um, and everyone rolls whatever their respective stat is in the, uh, the, the action that they're taking together. And if anyone succeeds, whatever the highest roll is that everyone rolls, that's the result that we take. Uh, but for every failure, uh, the leader of the group action will take one stress, uh, cause they're stressed out about having to kind of like keep every, everyone in line or whatever. Uh, so that would be, I think this is probably, is this risky yet? Yeah. You know, you're sneaking around. You're not where you're supposed to be. Um, you don't know anything about this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's call this risky standard. All right. God. Cool. <laughs> uh, so it's a slash roll 1d6, right? Um, so yeah, I, I would say before anyone rolls, uh, either of you could choose to push yourself here. All those same things you can still do. Or you can each roll whatever your prowl rating is and we'll take the highest result. But if any, if anyone doesn't want to push or anything, then we can just go ahead and, and you can each roll prowl to kind of like leap out mm-hmm. of the way and get in that shipping container in time. What would a uh, devil's bargain look like? Oh, a devil's bargain look like? Um... I'll tell you, I would give you an extra dice in this one. Uh, the Devil's Bargain is the, I think in, in Beam Saber, it's called a collateral die. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, the, the collateral die, the Devil's Bargain is what it's called in Blades in the Dark. So that's where I offer you a dice and I introduce like a complication that'll happen in the world no matter what. Uh, the Devil's Bargain here is that I'm going to create a new six-step clock called Security Alert. Uh, and I will tick it one segment as the the guy back at the processing like uh, entrance to this lot uh, reports in like you know unusual comings and goings from his station, despite the fact that they're supposed to be closed. Okay, it's a six-step clock, so that's. If you want that dice, I would say because this is kind of a, a hot one. If we take it, you can each both take a die. That's not that's that we're hacking the game now. We're we're making new rules, okay. but okay. I would take it. Sure, one, yeah. So I'd be rolling two d six then. You would each roll two d six in this instance, yeah. Yeah, we're cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna make the clock. It's a six-step clock called uh, security alert. All uh, right. So you can each both roll your prowl, and we'll see if either of you succeeds. That's four to uh, six. So yeah, six is on Tim. I got three. Oh, okay. Uh, you got a three. That's a failure. So you do take one stress for yourself for leading the action, but that is a full success. Nice. So we're skittering off to this crate. So on a six, you guys manage, I think, to like book it and kind of like hide yourself inside of this like like half open shipping container and you see that like that trike zoom by maybe he slows down for one second to look at like one of the the spilled coffee cups has fallen over and then he just shrugs and like continues on doesn't doesn't think anything about it he's headed towards the gate and out of here you have successfully evaded getting any attention from this sort of like grizzled gray-haired uh sort of mercenary type and so i think yeah on a six after that right you're able to get out what's your move then from there you know before we cut back to like uh desmond uh getting the second half of this uh like sort of surveillance uh activity on my sheet i have a well-programmed hunter robot is that something that like with as we finish and in between like missions can change sizes or does that have to stay the same size? Like I have a hunter drone that like sometimes is small. Cause I know I need to like have to be discreet and there's some that are bigger for different jobs. Or is that something that needs to stay the same size from mission to mission? Um, it's gear can change between missions. So I would say that probably it can be like somewhat modular. Um, the thing about it, you know, like looking at its description, it's a well-programmed hunter robot. Um, I think we did talk about this a little bit last time, but uh, it obeys your commands and anticipates your actions. And it can carry two load of uh, general pilot gear or scout pilot gear, which means it can basically have two load of stuff that you could also be carrying. 
um, which could be weapons or it could be, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of weird stuff. You know, you've got a pretty like extensive like list of pilot gear available yeah. to you. Do you want to whip that out now? Is that what you're doing as you step out? Uh, yeah, I want to uh, see if like, yeah, I want to see if we can silently kind of have it, you know, maneuver around and maybe, you know, like how uh, like FBI have like bomb squad robots that go in first to like do that, except for it's like hovering around. See if so that we before we have to like hop out of this place where we're not seen, maybe can get a sense of which ways we can go that aren't are not going to put us in uh, eyesight. Yeah. Uh, why don't you mark that on your your gear first? Your, your well-programmed hunter robot. Um, that's one load. Uh, I think we talked about it because you were going to use it last time. You ended up not using it. But what does it look like here again? Um, I mean, I, I I said it's kind of like those uh, it's a, like those round balls that have like a fan in it. So I, I, for this one, I think it's kind of circular. And it can be like pulled up and just like tossed and it floats around and uh, like a, yeah, just a, like a camera and built in kind of like mic to it so that we can check corners and I can I imagine view it on either like a, a handheld device, like the smartphone. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, using your smartphone to like control it or whatever makes sense. Um, do you know yet what gear you want it to have on it? Um, I don't think you have to say that right now. I think just like pilot gear, you can kind of use its load as you want. Um, but I just wanted to. See if you um, knew already. I guess, uh, I go, I, I mean, I, I was going to do like the, maybe a, the transmitter so it can transmit to me. Uh, I, I guess like, is it in here? Uh, a camera and a, a camera and a, like a recording device. Is that? Yeah. I think, uh, in terms of, ca- you know, this you have this like range finder slash laser painter binoculars, like binoculars that can perfectly uh-huh. judge the distance to a target and also transmit. Uh, I think yeah. you could use that to get like visual yes. image from like a long distance if you wanted. Yeah, let's call it that. Um, so that's one of its load. Um, you should make like a note of that somewhere. And you still have one load for it that we can kind of declare. Okay. Um, what do you say to Rhodes? As, what does Carta say to Rhodes as kind of watch this trike pull pull away? And I, presumably Carta like reaches into your your jacket to like kind of pull out this yeah. like folded up drone. You know what's the what's the interaction here? We got lucky talking our way in here. I don't think the, those papers are going to f- trick anyone else. If we just wait here for a second, see what I can see. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to bumble our way into anything stupid. So. All right. All right. That storm's building. Make it quick. Um, okay. So, you're gonna use this uh, hunter drone, this hunter robot, to kind of like survey. Um, maybe that's the action. We'll see. Kind of, but like, kind of get a sense of like uh, possible approaches to the meeting area from where you're at. Just kind of get yeah. like a lay of the land, right? That's correct. So you're not necessarily working on the surveillance project, are you? I think in the way that like any way that we can get closer to them without being seen gets us closer to either finding a way to grab the suitcase, grab him, or even just, you know, if uh, Des is too far away for them to like be heard, that we are closer and maybe can hear something or yeah, you know, okay. to a better place without being spotted. Perimeter scan kind of thing. Yeah. Your well-programmed hunter robot uh, is what the game calls a cohort. Uh, and a cohort is kind of like, broadly speaking, like a helper or an assistant that the team has, that the squad has. Um, normally this takes the form of like like a fire team of soldiers or some like drivers that help you out or some like spies and thieves that are in your employ. Um, in this case, it is like the... The hunter robot. And there are a couple of ways that we can do this. Um, you can either work alongside your cohort, 
Uh, in which case, like, you're going to be rolling the dice and your cohort will be uh, kind of affecting your your position and your effect. You know, the, the, its mm-hmm. scale and quality will affect those things. Or uh, you could send it on its task alone and then we will roll dice equal to what its quality is. Okay. As of right now, um, this is actually not something we've talked about yet, but it's worth saying out loud now. Beam Saber kind of measures the the quality of things in the game uh, by a system of tiers, uh, T-I-E-R-S. And so our squad, uh, because we're a brand new squad, um, we made the decision we are starting at tier zero, which means that when you do things that are at your squad's quality or your tier zero, you would be rolling two dice uh, and taking the worst result. Um, However, your cohort, your hunter robot is an expert. It's an expert hunter. So it would get one dice uh, for that quality. So that would put it at one dice. So if you want to send your robot off to do something on its own, you're rolling one dice, let it go. Or if you are using it, uh, controlling it, you know, say with like the, the smartphone or whatever, um, which we should also figure out what that looks like, then you could take the action yourself. I think it probably kind of sounds like survey to me, but I'm open to other ideas. Um, yeah, I think survey, especially since like, yeah, I don't want to just send it out to like, you know, roll its way around a corner right into it. I want to be able to have a little bit more control and dexterity of like peek around a corner or like go fly low to the ground, you know, that kind of stuff. So, okay. Um, so yeah, you, you whip this drone out, you pull out the controller, um, you say what you said to Carta, uh, and you put it out into the air to kind of do this like perimeter scan, kind of like look for ways up to near where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think survey makes sense here. I think that because uh, your your hunter robot is able to go so high to get out of like kind of line of sight of everyone, mm-hmm. uh, this is a controlled position still. Um, you are now, you know, you're not in any danger of being immediately spotted. Even if they spot your drone, they won't know that it's you. Right. Uh, so I think this is controlled and standard effect is what okay. it sounds like to me. Great. And since it's mostly just for like more gathering of information, I think I'm just going to roll the the two that makes sense to me yeah um i know yeah, I, don't, I don't know that carta could re- or sorry that Rhodes could really help you here i don't think so yeah um okay well then i'm gonna do this roll Ooh, one and a four all right i think that's a mixed success just bad for you but great for me great <laughs> mixed success you know but it, it does end with success yeah so i think that this thing takes off and it just kind of starts like scanning the the area around there so it takes up into the air, and I think you do like an aerial sweep first. Mm-hmm. And like we've established before, you're able to kind of get the layout of this place. It's got this kind of like co- makeshift courtyard, you know, surrounded on three sides by shipping containers with an alley that leads out to like another little juncture. And then eventually that kind of like through this maze of shipping con- corridors leads you out into like the main thoroughfare that y'all just kind of stepped out from and are stepping back onto. But you're able to, I think, kind of uh, using this range finder and like the thing that lets you pinpoint distances, you can tell the different heights of the shipping containers. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of draw like, a, you know, maybe it's like a pathfinding algorithm in this hunter robot. But it's able to detect like, oh, if you started back here, you could go ba-bump, ba-bump, ba-bump. And climb up. And there's kind of like this almost, you know, perfect like stacking to kind of climb your way up to get to the top of the shipping containers on kind of the opposite side from where Desmond came in. Okay. And it'd be the perfect way to sneak up and get like the kind of the drop on this meeting. Right. Um, I don't, I'm not opposed to that. Whether we are going to do the drop is, you know, 
However, on a mixed success, right? Um, the the complication that occurs on the success is that you can see on this little perfect path that leads you up and over and right to those shipping containers, about halfway along that journey, not quite yet to the meeting zone, are four individuals. What looks like four people. You know, they look like ants, obviously, from like this high up. Mm-hmm. But I guess you put the rangefinder. That's a great camera. You can zoom in to see. Um, there are four people. They are dressed in like black and gray, you know, I think probably like urban camo. They kind of like blend in with these shipping units, so they're hard to pick out at first. It takes you a second to realize what they are. There are four people armed. You can see they are carrying weapons. And they are starting to make their way up this same path that you saw on the shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like they are headed directly towards the, the courtyard where the meeting is taking place. Okay. Um, and so they're a little bit ahead of you. You'd have to like kind of race to catch up to where they are on that path, but you're not that far from like the starting point of that. And is the uniform something we would like recognize or is it just like kind of uh, faceless, you know, urban tactical gear? Um, here's what I'll say what you can give you. I think you still like, you know, there might have to be another role to get like in a, a great analysis of these guys. Um, you can see that there are four of them. Um, they're armed. Uh, I think, you know, yeah, you can tell one is, you know, just by body shape and things, you can tell one of them is Lactorian. You can see the horns coming out over, I think they're wearing like a black mask of some kind. Uh, I think you can see that one of them, you can't tell what, what species they are. There's like no, you know, they're humanoid, but there's no identifying characteristics. Two of them are Chiropterans. Hmm. And one of them is enormous. Probably like standing like a, a foot and a half over the the rest of the crew. The biggest one uh, and that one is kind of like leading the 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 push forward. So I think that's like a good moment. You know, you, Carter's seeing this. We cut back to to Desmond. There might be more uh, more company than we thought. Showing our buddy Rhodes over here. The just kind of lay out like, look, we we almost could have ran into them. Better to know. You know. <laughs> okay, I got it. Yeah, the hiding was good. You you got it. So Desmond, uh, because you rolled a success on your last roll, I ticked two segments on the meeting surveillance clock. Uh, I'm going to take one more segment now because I think just time has passed, right? And I think Harlow is still kind of like going through his little presentation. He uh, left off. He was talking about like Grenfield and the secret project. And he's continued since, you know, he's saying that I was recruited specifically to work on the project. Uh, And he's, you know, in the years since there's been a discovery, there's a a substrate of orichalcum on Ember embedded deeper in the surface than should be possible and arranged not just not just growing naturally arranged, do you understand? But I believe we have compelling evidence that there is a machine on Ember. Eyes flash to like the Penny Royal Armagers like logo, you know. A weapon, perhaps, that functions on an unprecedented scale that might use the entirety of the planet itself to activate. And I think that's probably about the point in this uh, spiel when uh, I got to assume, right, Carter, you're letting Des know that there are like bogeys incoming, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. So, like, I think as I'm hearing him, you know, say this thing about the weapon, like, my eyes widen. I'm like, my God. And then I get the <laughs> word that, um, you know, we have, yeah, bogeys, bogeys incoming. My eyes widen even more. I look around. <laughs> I'm trying to still keep the camera steady, though. Yeah. Is there, does Desmond have, like, a, a reaction or a move here? Or are you just staying put to finish, like, surveilling? I just want to finish the surveillance so that we can 
at least have that objective completed. Okay. I think in that case, like we'll cut back to Carter and Rhodes to see how they act. But I think like by staying there, Desmond, you're going to, uh, you'll get that last tick on this clock by not like taking an action to get away. Mm -hmm. You will have finished Mm -hmm. derailing the meeting by the time we cut back to you. But it's also going to mean that you're going to like kind of be right there uh, for whatever happens next without having had a chance to like get to a more advantageous position. Fine with me. Okay. So yeah, Carta, uh, Rhodes, uh, you know that like kind of like halfway to this meeting uh, on some shipping containers, kind of like a further away from you, like across the this thoroughfare, but booking it are a collection of individuals and like camouflage uh, and like bearing weapons. Like I said, you didn't get a great look at them yet. I think you could you could try and gather more information. Uh, I think there's a time component here though. And so like a failure on that could cause them to get further ahead without you catching yeah. up. Um, but if you want to have more information before you act, that's like a viable thing. I mean, I want to know whether, you know, are they trying to do the same thing we are? Are they defense or are they on attack? If this guy's a traitor, who knows who might be sent here? If someone else found out about it, we did. Uh, they definitely don't look like they're here for the meet and greet. This looks like something worse. Then we can let them do the fighting and we'll just sweep up the mess. Maybe we can get get it, get in, get out while they're worried about other things. I don't know. That guy scares the hell out of me and not being able to use uh, the old gun, you know. Uh, yeah, this is a problem. Um, I think I'd wire on the throat mic to Des quick. Be like, Des, we're not kitted out for a firefight. These fellas heading your way definitely are. You have eyes on the situation. What do you need? What's the play? I'm almost done. I just need a little bit more time to get the rest of the information. I think from there, we should try and get the heck out of here. This uh, rangefinder feed Carter's got kind of giving me a uh, no witnesses vibe. Mm. So kind of thinking we might need to look for an exit pretty soon. Do you, can you can you get to the cache? The actual physical briefcase? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I don't know if I can get away with it. Yeah, getting there is not the problem. Maybe our, our uh, friends that are coming will create a, a distraction for us. We won't have to worry about that. Okay. Carter, I think I don't want to be this far away when rounds start going off. Far away from the entrance or far away from the gunfire? <laughs> <laughs> far away from Dez. Okay. Getting closer to Dez still doesn't get like, how do we want, are we cutting a hole in a fence somewhere real quick and trying to scurry out? Are we using the, the zip line to hand get over the fence? That's true. There is that. I'm just mm-hmm. up there, and if it's another role, surveil. Is there a way that we can go, let them do our thing. We're going around back to meet Des for whatever the situation is. We're using the pulley, hand mm-hmm. over hand, drop o- over the fence, and book. I think we should try to close that distance and get to where Des is while whatever's about to play out plays out. Plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think you have to get to Des before you can really like plan out your escape. Okay. Right. So I don't know if I need to roll again or if from the what we've seen with the uh, the drone already up there, a way to do that without, the best way without being seen, even again, if it's a... I think, I don't think you have to roll again to like find it that way. I think you can find another path that'll take you up the shipping containers and around to where Des is at. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to get there before those, that other crew does, that might be a role to like book it. Okay. To like really do some like, like Jason Bourne parkour bullshit. I mean, we're not trying to get to where they are. We're trying to, because they were on the opposite side. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're, yeah, you'd have a little bit further to go, but I imagine like if you were willing to be doing, you know, like we would zoom out here, but I think if you wanted to like, yes, like get into some real like parkour, yeah, leaping over the top of these. I mean, that's cool. I think we should, we should do that. Like switch to montage section here uh, of, you know, like some vaulting, some role. I mean, obviously we don't want to be like heard or seen, but um, trying to get some elevation and like, if we can kind of like, climb up on top of these containers and like, I'm, you know, this, I'm imagining like uh, they're like nineties Batman, like, you know, where there's like, just like silhouette, uh, like leaping from like container to container, lightning crackles in the background as we're, you know, um, cowboy bebop, like intro cinematic. Oh yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is there, there is thunder. Yeah. There's thunder and lightning going on. Yeah. Off in the distance. Wait, so we do, we do have a bit of that too. That's okay. Cool. So yeah, I, I think that we're doing that trying to, if we can do it right, you know, maybe stay a level below the top. So we're hiding behind containers as we need, you know. Um, this sounds to me like another group action prowl. If it's both of you getting there at the same time. Yeah. Does that sound fair? Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, does maybe we can flip this. Maybe Carta is leading this time. Sure. Because um, you, you've you got like the data, right? You've got it on your phone. I imagine like yeah. glancing at your like, you know, like okay. pocket thing. As you're yeah, like, we need to go this one. Yeah. Okay, um, so group action again. So yes, this is Prowl. Um, if you guys are interested in another another Devil's Bargain, I'd be happy to give one to you. Or we could we can still use stress to push ourselves. You could use stress to push yourselves here for sure. Okay. You can't assist each other because you're both doing the group action. Right. I might want to do that because I I think that getting there without getting us all back together in one place is a pretty good part of sure part of the. Uh, you can push. I'm. A third of my stress meter full, so I'm gonna just roll regular one d six and let it ride. I, I'm yeah. also one third, but I'm gonna take that. All right, yeah. So it's two stress to push yourself. Oh, it's two stress. Fuck right. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, st- yeah. Pushing yourself takes a little bit more. Uh, you gotta dig into those deep inner reserves. Fuck. Okay, I'm, I lied. I'm not gonna push myself. I'm just gonna take the. All right, they're both rolling one one dice. Uh, go ahead, let it ride. Okay, come on, come on. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, and a three. Um, so you do take one stress, just you, Tim, because uh, you were leading the group action. Okay. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, this is like that montage that's cut between like, yeah, silhouettes of you guys leaping across the um, the shipping containers. You know, you're like kind of skipping like the easier route to take like the riskier jump to get you like a little faster. Um, and eventually you kind of circle around so you can see... It's dark here, so it's difficult to see it exactly in the light. But like as you kind of move and the light changes angles, you can still see that like tense uh, like zip cord from the the Mercuria's grapnel anchor that's like magnetically attached to the side of one of these shipping containers. And that's how you know you're coming up on the side that Desmond is at. And these shots of you guys like doing you know doing sick parkour tricks, right? Like some dope jumps, some scrambling. Uh, that's intercut, I think, with like in my mind, it's like you know kind of like the black and white kind of like night vision of the the hunter robot as we're watching these like four figures also kind of doing the same thing but a little slower a little more stealthy in their approach towards the meeting zone mm-hmm. um and you know then we cut and like the camera we can kind of see i think we get a nice overhead shot and we can see where that group is at and where your group is at mm-hmm. and we see you getting to like the shipping container that's just above the one desmond is on like you're on the one that he initially landed on uh, and he's like one below you still filming. And we see your shapes get there uh, and you're like two containers ahead 
of that enemy squad uh, that is about to, or maybe they're not enemies. Maybe they're also. Yeah, we're assuming they're enemies, but cool guys. Some more spectators. Yeah, maybe they're just some really cool guys in sort of like all unmarked urban camo uh, coming to check out the meeting for Nothing fun. Like unmarked camo. <laughs> But yeah, you arrive like a beat before them. And I would say as you arrive, um, Desmond, you will tick the last segment of this surveillance clock um, as Harlow kind of like a little a little out of breath from his like speech, his like big, his big presentation is, you know, you've read my terms. I think they're very generous considering the potential value I'm bringing to the table here. <laughs> it's not that I don't want the money that comes with the job. Don't get me wrong. But when we discover what the the ancients of the first era were up to here. When the true purpose of Ember is revealed, I want to have been at the head of the team leading the investigation. I want my talents to be respected. And he, he stumps his foot a little bit, you know, like, like this is what it, this is all about for him is he didn't feel respected at Grenfield. And he's hoping that this will be a new situation. And uh, Miranda Vector, who I think has just been like almost supernaturally just like impassive and calm this entire speech, puts a hand out on that briefcase and very gently and slowly closes it. And she says, I think that Penny Royal can come to agreements with you on these terms. This information is intriguing. I will take the briefcase with me uh, for further evaluation. And she looks at the, the security guard that was with her. Uh, would you please show Mr. Shellspade to his accommodations for his journey to the Penny Royal Armager's Advanced Research and Development Labs? And I think at this point, the security guard like pulls out like a like like a little small like a small data pad, right, and like punches in a few things. And I think on one of the shipping containers, lowest level back wall, like a small segment of it slides open uh and there's like a single like halogen light in the top there uh and i think you can see that like a small portion of this shipping container has basically kind of like a hidden cutaway with like there's a, a single cot on the inside i think there is like a like probably like some kind of like small chemical toilet tucked into another corner oh boy uh it is just like the most bare bones like way to move someone unfortunately you will not be able to accompany me on the journey to the lab. I think it's a little too dangerous to have our most valuable assets together. And we wouldn't want to have you be seen uh, accompanying a, a Penny Royal uh, representative. Um, but it's just a few days journey uh, and you will be safely ensconced in your brand new labs. And she start, uh, she, uh, the, this kind of like armored guard with the rifle, um, kind of slings the rifle over her shoulder and starts to escort Harlow, uh, over to this, this shipping container room where he will be spending the next few days in transit on a train, presumably. And yeah, let's, uh, that's like, that clock is fully ticked. You have now surveilled the meeting. Um, that part of the mission has been accomplished. Nice. Yeah. Anytime the that part of the mission has been accomplished just makes me feel like that big image of George Bush mission accomplished on the ship where I'm like, yep, we did it. We did it. And that's that. only the other part. Uh, and so starts leading Harlow towards the, the entrance of the shipping container at the back there. Uh, Miranda Vector is closing the briefcase, is latching it shut. And it is at that moment, the top of the shipping containers on the opposite side, four figures crest. Like I said, it's three of them uh, are like, the size of like a pretty normal person, average, one Chiropteran, one Lictorian, one human probably, and then one big Chiropteran. 
like probably seven feet tall, huge. And I think up close now you can see, you know, they've got like armored uh, vests on and the the symbol on the armored vest is three like links of a chain, but the center link is breaking. And I think Desmond, you're probably able to recognize this dude right away the moment you see him crest the top of that shipping container. Mm-hmm. This is Butte the Brute Halloran, one of the Belfry Boys, the former muscle and demolitions expert of the Belfry Boys, and one of the seven uh, who screwed you over and sent you up the river to jail. And it looks like he's working with a new crew now. And he says, like, loudly, everyone in the courtyard can hear it. Actually, brother, I don't think you're going to be leaving that way. Uh, and then jumps forward off the shipping container. Huge wings spread out. So sick. Lighting, but like at pace, at speed. And Butte the Brute Halloran comes in and like legs first crashes into the Penny Royal security guard uh, and sends them just like slamming into the ground. Uh, and then, yeah, he, Brute, Butte, sorry, Butte the Brute, stands up uh, one big hand on a shoulder of Harlow, uh, other hand holding up just a comically large revolver that has like a giant, you know, um, like drum-fed grenade launchers? That's what the cylinder of this revolver looks like. <laughs> Hell yeah. Butte uh, stands up, he looks over at Miranda Vector, and I think he like, levels the this like giant revolver in her direction and says, Afraid to say, I think y'all got something that doesn't belong to you, and I'm here to retrieve it. Friend of yours does? Uh, I mean, as soon as as soon as I see him, you know, the Kill Bill siren music starts playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cut to my face, cut to his, you know, in, uh, increasing zoomed in increments. And you're like, yeah, I know that dick. That <laughs> Butte the Butte Halloran. Well, <laughs> one of my old homies who set me up the river. Now he's some muscle for whatever the hell these guys are. Mm, you feel like settling a score? Oh, you know it. Change of plans, boys. Maybe I will go for that briefcase. <laughs> <laughs>